Yo, welcome to Journey to Truth Podcast. Tonight we have on Reiki practitioner, energy worker, and intuitive empath, Stephanie Farlow. How's it going, Stephanie? Hey guys, how are you? Hey. Hi everyone. <laughs> We're doing good. Thanks for coming on. We've been looking forward to this one. Uh, I have been too. <laughs> I personally have been seeing a Reiki healer for, for quite a few years now, and I'm very familiar with it. Uh, and I'd love to know what, what got you started in it and, you know, where you, how, what put you on your path to even discover what Reiki was? Um, well, you know, again, um, and this is going to come up a lot of times in this podcast, I'm sure I had a, um, it was kind of like, um, like a voice almost like I kept hearing, um, like a voice kind of tell me to get into Reiki. Like every time someone would speak about it, it was like my inner voice, my higher self, um, which I, I didn't know what it was at the time. Um, it's what saved my life from narcissistic, narcissistic abuse because um, I was on the verge of suicide. So I, I just was like, I wanted to know about it. And then it was just every time I would mention the word Reiki or getting into it, it was like, I would hear this voice like, do it, do it now, you know? <laughs> really? And so, yeah, it was crazy. And so um, I wanted to get in with like the best school. And I went to the Reiki school in Philadelphia, but I was living in South Jersey at the time. And um, I went uh, to, I did Reiki one and two in Collinswood, New Jersey, which is just over the bridge of Philly. And I had an amazing teacher and um, the group of girls that I was with, they were all just like wonderful. And um, by the time I had gotten out of Reiki 2, um, I was just floating on a cloud. I was just in the state of bliss that we all want to be in at all times for like the whole month of December, like right after the class had ended. And I remember my Reiki teacher saying like, um, I don't want to be like a downer, but it's probably not going to last, but it's okay. <laughs> like, it's okay. Like be gentle with yourself. Like, and I was like, Oh no, this shit's lasting. I was like, <laughs> last forever. like floating. So, um, I lost like a ton of weight, um, at the time. And I was just like, I moved into, I had lost like from a past relationship, my house and I was like, you know, kind of renting with my kids. And then I moved to um, a townhouse with them and everything was going really well. And um, that's when narc number two came in <laughs> because when you're at your best and your, sh your light is shining the most is actually when they kind of come in. They pick up on that. And... Well, we were, we were friends for like, 20 years before oh really any of the stuff went down yeah so um but I had never been on that level myself I had done so so much um healing on myself so much work on myself besides being in Reiki so um we had had a mutual friend that passed away and it was like you know he was just kind of swooped down I guess in you know, that's what I, how I look at it now. At the time, it was just like, oh, this is awesome. Um, so anyway, um, 
I'll start like kind of like back at the beginning. So when I was little, I was such a weird kid. But when I was little, I had these beings that would come and visit me. And <clears throat> I don't really remember much about it. It was like, I, I know that they came and I know that there was lots of communication. And I know that my dad knew that something was going on, meaning um, he knew that I was talking to something and seeing something that maybe they couldn't see. Um, but my mother would say, it's my imaginary friends. Hey, I had one of those. <laughs> yeah, and you could see them, right? <laughs> yeah, have you ever, I don't mean to interrupt your story. No, but no, go ahead. Have you ever tried to like revisit that moment like through uh, any type of uh, hypnosis or anything um, to revisit those experiences and maybe try and see what you couldn't see then? Well, um, Siobhan and I are going to do that on the next um, alchemy session. Oh, very cool. Nice. We never, we never got fun. to do it the first time around because so much happened in my first alchemy session that I never even got to ask like any questions because five hours went by like that. It was just like, really? Yeah. Yeah. And, um, it, yeah, <laughs> she, when she <laughs> said like, our time is up, I was like, what? Like, I, yeah. it, I felt like about? a minute went by, you know? That's crazy because um, five hours is a long time, especially sitting in one place. Yes. Yeah. Well, you know what I did? I actually said, I think I'm going to be better off if I like lie down. So I did. And um, I had like the trundle bed pulled out and I was lying and I had this camera on, which is on my computer. And <clears throat> it was really strange because I, of course, had to get up at some point to go to the bathroom and move around the room and stuff. Sure. And Siobhan, Siobhan was going like looking and she's like, what? She's like, like you got up, right? And I'm like, yeah. And she's like, she's like look at the screen. The screen stayed with me lying down the entire time, but I was moving around the room. Like it was, but I mean, it could have been a camera thing. It could have been a yeah. freeze, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we were both like cracking up because it was, though, yeah. it was just me like, you know, and so much was happening. But anyway, um, that was uh, a crazy experience. And um, I never got to ask, like I said, to the questions. Um, but one of the things that I was concerned about, not concerned, but um, we had a shore house when I was little in Atlantic City. And my crazy Italian family would jam into this little three bedroom house every weekend. And it was like loud and great. And I was the first grandchild. So it was like my grandmom's house with all of her siblings and their kids. But I was the first grandchild. And I had cousins who were my mom's first cousins that were like my age. And I would like sneak out and go into this alleyway that led out to like the Cumberland Farms. We were in a court and I don't know why, but for some reason when I would stand in this alleyway, I would know that I had to go there. And if I went there, then they would show up. 
but I don't remember like I, I I think it was like I'm I'm guessing that they were telling me things to like guide me into this life because I do remember having a lot of oh no I can't believe I'm here moments like like am I really here in this like uh, yeah. Yeah, I had a lot of those. And yeah. I was like, and they're my parents. I was like, oh, you know, my dad was like pretty awesome, but I didn't like my mom very much. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she, she's definitely, um, she falls into that cluster B malignant borderline. Uh, uh, yeah, she, really? yeah. And I think that's why we, we repeat these patterns because we go after people who, you know, or we kind of repeat the same patterns of like our parents were you know, messed up and they're the people that will seek out, you know, yeah, yeah. in yeah. our relationships. So I definitely learned that one. Um, so, I mean, that kind of faded out after a while, like they just stopped coming. And um, when I was around 12 years old, I, I went to a Catholic school and I remember I would be up all, all night talking on the phone. So I was always so tired i had a phone in my room like and that was like the cool thing back then oh yeah <laughs> so, especially the clear ones that would light up yeah i had my yeah. own phone number you know so i'd be up all night talking on the phone to my girlfriends and stuff and we had like you know the party lines going and stuff so i would be exhausted when i came home so i passed out um on the bed and i was remember i was trying to like stay awake and all of a sudden I was like out of my body, like, like flying around my house. Been there before. Nice. Yeah. And I was just flying around my, it was my grandmom's house. Cause my parents were divorced at that point. It was my maternal grandmom's house. So I floated and I ended up in my kitchen on the ceiling and I was floating over my grandmom and my mom's head. And I remember hearing their entire conversation and looking at the top of their heads and I'm going, what the heck is going on? Yeah. And then I floated a little further around the kitchen and I can see the pot of, in South Philly, we call it gravy, but it's sauce with meatballs, like bubbling in the pot. And I remember going, oh, I guess we're having like meatballs for dinner. And then I just like zoom and I was out of the kitchen and then I was somewhere else. And um, I was in this place, this, this beautiful, beautiful place with these colors that, um, like flowers and colors that don't even exist here. Mm -hmm. really? The only way I can describe it. And it was just gorgeous. And there was a swing and I was like, and then I asked, where am I? And I got the answer, you're in the park. And I was like, okay. And then the next thing I asked was, well, what, what is this place? What park? Yeah. <laughs> and someone said it's a, well, I heard a voice say it's a, a transitional place where people go after they die, like oh. in between. So I was like, oh crap, I'm not supposed to be here. And I got so freaked out and, then, and I was back in my body. Connection breaks when you freak out. Yes. I freaked out and then I was back in my body. But then mm -hmm. when I went back in my body, I couldn't move. I was having like sleep paralysis. Oh, no, really? That, that's, a, so, that's a symptom, yeah. yeah. That's, that's a symptom of your 
your your body's waking up before you're totally back. Right. It's, it's a symptom of. Yeah. And I was opening up my mouth and nothing was coming out. Like I was trying to scream. Oh, man. But, I, I lived that life for years, actually. Did you suffer uh, from sleep paralysis? Very much so. I, I missed lots of work because of it. And, uh, really? Yeah. It was, wow. I, it, it was pretty dark for a while, but it's not about me right now. Yeah. <laughs> my, um, my oldest son went through the same thing. Um, he was trying to look for the, at first, like the scientific explanation, but I think he's just kind of past that now. I did um, figure out how to beat it though on my own. So did you? Yeah. Sure. I think he must have too because I think he never mentioned. He said he doesn't have it anymore. But. Did you? Did you ever see a being in the room when you had it, Tyler? Um, definitely shadow people. I I was woken yeah. up with with like a shadow figure right next to my bed. It's a very I, commonly. Uh, I know stuff was in the room because my dogs would be looking at it, following it through the yeah. room, growling at it. Really? Uh, I had, and I could just feel the presence. There's an energy, the whole energy in the room changes. But uh, but these entities, I would see them in my dream first. And I started realizing how to lucid dream. And they would, they infiltrate your dreams and they appear to you in your dream like a, a part of it. But there's something about them that stands out and then they would get closer to me. And when they would get closer to me is when I would wake up in that paralysis and whatever they were, whatever attack was taking place, I didn't know, but I figured out how to spot them out ahead of time. And then I would wake up and be like, not this time. Nice. <laughs> and I, I, I could just, I could wake up every time before it would happen. So, but anyway, continue. I'm sorry. So, <laughs> so anyway, um, so just like briefly, apparently, um, from what I found in my research of all of this uh, with the narcissism uh, empath dynamic thing is that usually you will, most women or, and men will have two relationships before they've had enough. You usually don't learn the first time. Um, no, and no. there's different levels of it. So there's like, um, there's lower level narcissists who will, mostly get their narcissistic supply. Um, let me explain what that is. It's um, energy. So it's um, energy negative or positive, um, but mostly they like the negative. Uh, and it's your energy, it's your attention. So if you're giving them any kind of attention, whether it's negative or positive, that's fuel. Um, I like to call it fuel because it just sounds better to me, but narcissistic supply. So the lower level ones kind of um, will be the ones that will use their children against each other. Like they'll have the favorite child and then they'll have the child who's the shit child and they'll play them against each other and they'll stir up the pot and have drama between their own babies just to get attention. It's crazy. No, yeah, I, I, it's yeah. Very real. yeah. Right. So my, um, my oldest son, his dad passed away before he was born. He was actually murdered, but I was like 18 years old and pregnant and I had, you know, had him and everything. And this was like later in life, I was in my upper thirties. I met the, my two teens now. So it was their dad. And he was definitely on that lower sort of level. 
Um, they're like kind of, those ones will take you like financially. They always like want to suck that kind of stuff out of you. They'll suck the life out of you too, but it's mostly what they can get from you sort of. And they don't necessarily get their fuel from romantic relationships. So then there's like the middle range narcissist, which, um, it can get, kind of go either way. They could, um, the, the, I'd also want to say the lower level ones have more like knee jerk reactions. Whereas starting from the middle and up, they have more control, oh, which yeah. that they'll manipulate you a lot harder yeah. <laughs> because they're, they have control of the whole situation and they'll deliberately do things to manipulate you to get fuel from you. Whereas the lower ones have no idea that that's what they're actually doing. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? They know that they crave that. Well, they don't know that they crave drama. They just create it and they, but it's more on a subconscious level. Those middle and upper ones, they know exactly what they're doing. And they sort of, um, so. uh, They use people. (laughs) Yes. I'll start from, uh, how it starts out. So it'll be like a, if you're, let's just say it's the upper, they would, um, this guy HD tutor who is a psychopathic narcissist who actually counsels women on what to look for. Um, I actually did a session with him. Um, and they basically will, um, they'll, they'll figure out what you like, what, what you want to hear, they'll also look like, it's almost like they're able to see what your damage is, if that makes any sense. So we all have damage, right? We all have issues. Um, they can see it. They're like um, psychic, like psychic psychopaths. They, they just are able to see. And so whatever it is that you have an issue with, they'll be the opposite of that. Like they'll, you know, they'll buy you the perfect gift and they'll say the perfect line and they'll, um, so that's, how, that's how they kind of like, yeah, it's like the in. seduction. They'll yeah. reel you in. Yeah. Um, if they know that you value, um, although they like to do everything, they know, they know that you value like becoming their friend first. They'll do it. Like they'll do whatever they can do to suck you in. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, the other thing that they do will is they'll, they'll call you at the same time every day. So for me, it was always at 7 a.m. Like every day I would get the text, you know, whatever it was, something funny, cute, whatever. It was always the same time. Um, and like, I don't, I'm not the type, like I'm not materialistic but like he knew that I was very spiritual and I was reading a lot of spiritual books at the time. And so like, he buys me this awesome spiritual book and then like writes this beautiful message in it. Like just to, to give you yeah. a, an idea of what, um, yeah. Like yeah, uh, yeah. I would prefer someone cook for me rather than go out to dinner. So like, then he would make me food. So um, whereas if he was seducing a, uh, girl that was all about money 
he would then take that take girl. He'd buy her lavish gifts and take her out to dinner. You yeah, know, yeah, it was, yeah. it's whatever they're chameleons. They can mm. be whatever you want them to be. So after that love bombing, seduction sort of phase, um, they'll tell you like the things that you maybe don't like about yourself, they'll tell you the opposite of that and tell you how great you are in this area. So, you, But then all of a sudden when it switches to the devaluation uh, phase, they'll start out with, like telling you the complete opposite, like all, like how horrible you are and, you know, just really awful yes so you're wow. so you're so confused because you think like you found the best person in the world now for me i had a little bit of a unique relationship i want to try to keep it general of how it normally is it was a little bit different for me i knew that he went through women like every couple years or like even less so i was kind of really keeping my distance and i didn't want it to go to any other level then let's just kind of keep it open kind of a thing and like I wasn't really ready to be out there with anyone at the time anyway I was just where my kids were younger then so um I think at first it was like a like a little bit of a blow um because he, he seemed to be pushing in that direction but then I think after he probably was thinking, oh, this is good because then I can do whatever I want and, you know, let's just keep it open kind of a thing. Yeah. So, and he was definitely like the womanizer sort of type that, um, and in the beginning it was very respectful. There was no other woman around. There was no talk of other women. There was none of that stuff. And then it just flips to the total opposite. Really? Yeah, yeah because then they want that negative fuel. They need it. They don't, they, they, first it was like, they actually think that you're going to save them because they're so, they think so little of themselves. Their ego is so fragile and it's ready to crack at any second. So they get you to the point where you fall so hard for them that you're worshiping them and that's the positive stuff but then that's not enough for them. And there's so much more power for them if they can get you to go negative and cry. And so then yeah. they, they start the devaluation. Phase. Yeah, I watched your live with Lauren Pritchard and I remember you saying that they like to, they like to like swing the emotions really. Yes. Like, like, so like they'll, yeah, they'll get you. They'll go hot and cold. Yeah, on like a dime, right? So like. Oh yeah. They they like they really like that apparently. Yeah. Um, like, you mean like they're just like flip a switch as far as like. Temper? Oh yeah. It's crazy. Like you can yeah. be out having the best time of your life, you know, just talking, laughing, and then um, I remember one time we we were out at a concert. We went to see Paula Cole at this outdoor like amphitheater. Like it was just awesome, and we were having a good time, and we were like drinking and laughing and. And then I think like I spilled, um, I was laughing and I spilled a drink on him and he literally turned into Satan. Like it was like, he looked at really? me like he wanted to like kill me because I dropped a drink on him. Wow. And it was like, I forget what he said, but I, he literally almost made me cry because I was just like, you know, and we, but that's kind of how it goes. Like, that's kind of how it works. 
it's very yeah so and it's like they'll use any ex any excuse they can use to that's to, what like, i think bring that out it's not is what right. it sounds like, like yeah it, you at first will think it's oh god like i guess he really got upset because i spilled a drink on his shirt or something but really that's not what's happening he, no he's just kind of acting to get right. you to to be in that negative state to feed off yes. that negative energy yeah right. yeah so at what point like so during all this <sighs> were you aware of all these levels of narcissists and stuff yeah. This not, with, not when that was all going on Did this come with like your awakening or or your yes yes so it was like the triangulation yeah. which is triangulating triangulating me with other women um or even just like other girls that were friends like because we were friends really i mean we weren't in a traditional relationship and we were always friends so he would triangulate me with girls that he was just friends with and then he would triangulate me with women that he was sleeping with. So it was just one big giant clusterfuck of wow. <laughs> triangulation. And then, um, you know, the gaslighting, oh, you should hear what people say about you when you're not around. You really, really? check yourself in somewhere, you know, that kind of stuff. That's the gaslighting. Yeah. So uh, um, it comes from the movie Gaslight, which, um, I believe it was a British version first in like 1942. And then there was an American version in like 45. Um, it's about a guy who um, he uh, manipulates his wife into thinking that she's crazy by like turning like the lights off or something or the gaslight on and off. And she thinks that she's nuts and he talks her into like going in to a mental institution. So basically yeah. trying to take her money. Yeah. So that, that's where that term comes from? Is that movie actually? It comes from I, the movie. I, that's yeah. interesting. I never knew where the term came from. I, yeah, just, I knew what it meant, but yeah. yeah, it's basically just lying to somebody over and over and over until they start believing yeah. the lies. And then it's always bringing other people into it too, you know? Yeah. So it's like, oh, well, this person said, you know, this, or they, they won't even say that. They're just like, I just rather not say, but like you, you definitely need help, like you're falling apart. And you'll be like, oh my God, am I? Yeah, and then, yeah. Yeah. And then you start <laughs> believing it or like- yeah. Oh, you definitely it. start believing it. Um, he yeah. had me so convinced that I, we had this beautiful, he used to call it our no thing because you know he had to do the spiritual role when he was with me because he knew that I was a spiritual. So he would always, oh, it's our no thing. And then all of a sudden it was like, he would just be like, you ruined us, you ruined our relationship. And I'm thinking, but what did I do? Like, I would just be so confused all the time. Like, what isn't happening? And, um, you know, and I really loved him. It was just, I like worshiped the ground he walked on. I mean, I did. And um, it was just really, it got bad. So. Well, they probably, they probably wait till you get to that point where you're, they know you're obsessed with them or you're you know yeah well once they know that they have you hooked yeah then they then they're like all right now i can now the devaluation starts so they can get the negative stuff because that's the good stuff that's the yeah. juicy stuff for them because if they do that too early then the, the person <sighs> probably leaves they'll be like screw you you know <laughs> but if and you it's, it's really sad too because like um, from what I understand, if you, when I read this guy, H.G. Tudor's work, his writing, because he's a, he's in, he's a wonderful 
writer. It's actually, it's sad. Um, and he said that like when, when they wake up in the morning, they actually wake up with like anxiety because really? as soon as they open their eyes, they need fuel from the wow. second day. So they'll grab their cell phone and see if they can get some fuel by texting someone or, you know, or if you're with them, then they can just get the fuel from you. Like if you're, you know, yeah. But, um, yeah. But it's, it's sad because he said, it's almost like there's this monster that's behind you at all times waiting to like pull you down into like a pit, a dark pit. Mm -hmm. like they have like that finger on your back at all times. And I thought like how sad and scary, but sadly um, they're not really able to be helped and go through therapy like nor like a normal person would be able to try to turn their life around. I mean, it sounds like um, it sounds like the only way they could change is maybe like hitting rock bottom, and that they there's no like everyone in their life has to shut them out. They don't but. see that. They actually will go into therapy when they hit rock bottom. And oh, that's really? One of their, it's, so their primary source of supply. So let's just say in the story that I told you guys, at that time, in the very beginning especially, I was his primary source of supply. So if I had cut out and said like, listen, I'm out. I don't want you in my life anymore. When I was still his primary source, he would have probably went into complete he would have probably ended up in therapy. They will literally have like a, a meltdown. So really? yeah, because they need their primary source. They don't, if they don't have enough secondary sources to fill the hole that the primary source did for them, they'll have to go to secondary sources and they don't like doing that. If they don't have, there's not like copious amounts of secondary source supply that they could get their fuel for. It's crazy, but it's, well, so is there a way they could, like after having a spiritual understanding of things, I realize we have entity attachments and stuff like that. So is this possibly an entity attachment? It's somebody that's working through this person. And if they did receive the proper spiritual healing and remove the entity, could, could you see a change in that person? Or is this not the case? It's not the case. Um, I think that I think um, there's a woman, she's Australian, her name's Melanie Tony Evans. I did her uh, healing therapy, which was sort of like a hypnosis. It was like going, uh, it's called theta healing. And you do your, it's like hypnosis and you do your childhood wounds. You go to each one of your childhood wounds. Yeah. Um, she said that they would have to like, cause she worked with them as well as working with the victims. And she said that, um, they would have to be like locked in a solitary room with no fuel for like 25 years to even begin to get really yeah. what do you what do you think um <clears throat> so do you think this is like good question so yeah i'm trying to i'm trying well, to i know what he's trying to say <laughs> though i i think i know what he wants like to this is not a normal you know I think it's like a reptilian it? soul, like meaning reptilian soul, meaning I don't think it's, I'm not sure that it's like a reptilian possession thing where it's like, like, incarnated, would, like a reptilian that he, incarnated incarnated a body. as a human. That's something I, I was thinking about. But he was a reptilian. 
Yeah, so, that that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Me, yeah. They yeah. think completely different than we. It's like, and this is this is really good because this will make you really understand it about the reps. They're um. The negative ones. A lot yeah. of people will say the same thing over and over again, especially like the narcissistic healers on the internet and all. They're aliens. They're literally freaking aliens. Like. There's nothing human about them. Like, it's really bizarre, but it makes perfect sense, right? Yeah, oh, absolutely. When you you understand the greater reality and then you understand that. Yes. Like, oh, yeah, that. No (laughs) empathy. They have cold empathy because that's how they're able to figure out what's going on in your head so they can attack you. So it's like they have empathy from it just kind of like, well, let me just put myself here. So I, oh, how's she feeling? All right. So then I could do this to her and I can get this kind of reaction. Yeah. That well, knowing, knowing about the, like the Draco reptilians or the negative reptilians that are kind of have been um, manipulating, you know, the planet for so long and using humans, they've been using us for loose energy for that negative energy, like you were talking about. Um, so if there's an incarnated one of those, an incarnated reptilian, th- th- that's exactly how they're going to act because yes. that's exactly what they're doing. They're they're getting that energy from you and from whoever they can because they, it's like they're disconnected from source, so they can't get it naturally like we do. Nope. So they have to like suck it out of people. Yes. They have exactly. to par- be a parasite. It's yeah. like one big giant cabal in a person. <laughs> it's like- yeah. yeah. Yeah, <laughs> this this podcast is going to be called "Your Narcissist Spouse Is a Reptilian." Run now. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Run I, now. During my session with Siobhan, I think I had said that to her, that like, I, I, you know, he's a reptilian or something like that. Oh yeah. But, um, yeah. I watched a video with Simon Parks, and he said that. Um, I love Simon Parks. Yeah, yeah he was explaining awesome. it about reptilian souls. I, I do remember him talking about that Lilith that. was a reptilian soul. Oh, I, oh, really? Yeah, he said that like the Adam came and then they made Lilith, and Lilith was a human, but she had a reptilian soul. Like they put a reptilian soul into her, oh. or however she re- incarnated as a reptilian soul, and that's why it just didn't work out. And mm. then they had to bring in Eve. But, and then there's some people that think even Lilith are one and the same. I don't, I, I, I actually resonated with what he was saying. Um, yeah. You know, that it's, it's kind of, it's that constant service to self mentality going on. Like it's, it's literally like he would walk around going like, it's me against the world and I'm in constant defense mode mm. and like, I will demolish anyone. And, and, and here's the scary part. He was super intelligent, like intellectually, and he, he was self-educated and the people that he worked with, he would, they would try to like his superiors would try to reprimand him or, and he would just do whatever he wanted. And he would just demolish them in like two seconds. Really? Words. Like, yeah. I know wow. people like, I know people like that. They rely on that to get by like they can they can come up with the most 
they can sound like a genius and with a yeah. comeback or something like that. And even though you could be 100% right, they could just talk you down out yeah. of it. And, and that's been, and they're happy after that. Yeah. Like I remember saying, well, why would you do something like that to me? Like I, I would never even think of doing something like that to you. And he would go, oh, I see. You're trying to say that you're morally superior to me. That's what you're really saying. And then the conversation. So um, one of the articles that HG wrote was called um, Word Salad and How to Toss It. Yeah. that's what they do. They flip it back on you. Constantly yeah. word salad at all times. Yeah. Yeah. I, Let me wave this I, I would have been like, it. yeah, apparently I am morally superior to you if you're going to act like that. Yeah. I mean, that's the logic. I mean, the thing is, at that time, I was completely walking on eggshells. Oh, yeah. So I was so scared to say anything. It was mm -hmm. just the second I would open my mouth, and you probably I would that. be terrified to say anything um, wrong or that would piss him off before I knew it was happening. And I would have to, he would had a job where he can put headphones in and talk to me all day. So he would call me from like 7.30 in the morning and I would still be on the phone with them like at five o'clock at night. And what? the only time, yeah, yeah. How is uh, that even healthy? <laughs> exactly. That's and cool. everything is fast. Like they want you to do everything fast. That's a, that's a number one sign to look out for. If they want to pull you in a relationship too fast without taking it, like getting to know each other kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, it's, that's a big sign that they're flag. Yeah, 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 for sure. If they like want to be with you all the time, they start to isolate you from your family and friends. That's a sign mm. as well. So how did I get out of this? Hmm. Reiki? <laughs> well, um, I, I was doing Reiki on him. Little did I know. Um, You're absorbing. What yeah. Was, yeah. Well, I was probably giving him my energy and mm. absorbing like negativity. Hey, that's very possible. Yes. Yeah. And also like, um, uh, I know that energetically when you're mixing your DNA and you have sex with people like that, you, you're really going to like, you, you're just going to go to nothing. I mean, you're going to be a mess because mm -hmm. oh, yeah. it will literally <laughs> suck the life out of you for real. And you will, cause it's an energy exchange. Yeah, it's I was just gonna say that. energy, yeah. but dark energy. Mm -hmm. And, you know, um, but, I just want to touch on this because this will really blow your minds. They don't like sex. Really? It's the most bizarre thing. Yes. They, in fact, it like repulses them because they look at that as like a human thing, like a connection. And they don't want anything to do with that. So, however, they will use sex to get fuel. So... While there's like a, yeah, okay, you know, you're basically a masturbation tool for them. So oh, it's God. like, there's, that's the only plus side besides the fact that they're getting fuel from you. So they're usually really good at it because they're, they want you to be addicted to it and then they'll suck the life out of you, but really they don't even like it. And then what they'll do is 
because they don't have to do it once they get you in the devaluation stage and you're like madly crazy. They'll withhold it from you and dangle it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then you will like just fall to pieces, you know, especially for a woman because, you know, a woman wants to be desired and you're wondering what in the heck's going on. And you just, it's very, it's so soul crushing. I can't even like begin to describe it, but they love that one. Like that's one of their favorite plays. If they're on the higher level, narc, like up in the, Mm -hmm. the highest as you can go i mean he was he was up there for sure um they love doing that because they know that it's crushing you and you're confused and you're not going to ask because most women won't like to talk about that they'll just think well maybe this is going on or maybe that's going on or you know and that's what they will do they will just dangle and then if you try to leave them or pull away well then they'll use it to pull you back yeah. So they always use sex as a weapon, the, the higher level ones. Um, wow. Yeah, it's really, that. I think that was probably the most damaging for me. That crushed my soul into like a million little pieces. So it was bad. Um, and then um, I was starting to deteriorate so badly that I... And the more I was deteriorating, the more he was abusing me. And then they'll throw you like a few crumbs because they don't want you to go completely gone if they still need you as their primary source. But once you're in that stage where you do start to fall apart, which it took me a really long time to get to that. Um, and I, I, when I counseled with this HD tutor guy, um, I told him my story and I told him like, well, he was with this one woman and she was his primary source. And then he started to court me as his primary source. And once he had me hooked, he got rid of her. And I told him this whole thing and he just took a deep breath and he went, you have the deep, the most deepest understanding of what happened to you and of narcissism and any other woman I've ever counseled. Really? What the hell are you still doing in this relationship? Yeah. Like, he was like, what the? And then he's like, you should be dead. Like, he was yeah. like... And then um, he told me wow. what he thought of me. Like, in other words, he told me what the guy thought of me, how he saw me. And I think that was my last and final, you know, I was done. I mean, I did all the theta healing and that did get me to a certain level. And I got to the point where I couldn't even be around him for long periods of time, but I still kept kind of going back healing there. Like I still kept, and then we would last for like a weekend and then fight and then I'd be gone again. Like it was, so that was my final. And then he told me, go around your house and find every single thing that he ever bought you and every single thing that he ever gave you and put it in a pile and burn it or give it away or throw it in the trash because he said it all has energy. This guy actually yeah. understood energy and yeah. he said, it's going to keep you attached to him if you don't do what I tell you to do. And I did, I went and got everything. And some of the stuff is really hard to give away or throw away. 
because you might like it or, you know, and I did, I eat everything. It went. Um, Nice. Yeah. So what's what's interesting is you said he understood energy. What I've, what I've realized is a, a lot of people understand way more than they realize because we've never been given the vocabulary or the understanding of it. So we have different words and different terminology, but we understand things. People understand how things work on a spiritual level. They just don't, they just don't know that they understand it. Right. Well, this guy who, he was a psychopathic narcissist himself, the counselor. Mm. Um, and I bring him up just because a lot of people kind of like, Oh, I don't know if you should have done that. That's interesting that he was, <laughs> he was. Yeah. yeah. Because was, I said, no, I want to know. So everything. was he, was he still acting? Like, did he do all that stuff too while he was a counselor or, or was he like healed from it? No, he, he definitely like, he was still doing, he actually had a current person that he was doing that to. Like wow. He, but he was a counselor. He was the same exact way. He would recycle women, but he never lied about who he was and what he was. But, it, but he, yeah, that's just so interesting. He did, <laughs> that he, the only thing he did was hide his identity for the obvious reasons. Yeah. So we don't know, obviously the name HG Tudor isn't a real person, but he, um, but he like wanted to help people at the same time as he was, like, it was really strange. Um, his therapist had, he was in therapy. His therapist had suggested um, that he do that um, as part of his therapy. And the only reason he was in therapy, admittingly so, was because his mother was going to disinherit him (laughs) if he didn't go to therapy. Oh, really? Yes. Wow. Yeah, it was crazy. But um, yeah, he he said that to me. And then he said that I'm something called, because he loved labels, this guy, he said, you're a super empath. And I'm like, what the hell is a really? super empath? <laughs> he, said, he said, you guys take longer to break down. You're, you, he said, you'll just scoff at our manipulations. You'll just, he said, until after, until there's like time where you can't take it anymore. But he said, you, you, you last longer. We like you the best because you last the longest. He said, however, there's a flip side to that. He said, you're also the same girls or guys who will figure out what the hell we are and figure out what happened to you before anyone else will. Yeah. So he's like at this, and then he said, sometimes you'll figure it out and then you'll use that against us. And I absolutely did that. Oh yeah. Once I knew what he was for real and I was still in the relationship, I was totally, which is not good. It's not good. You're just, you're perpetuating abuse. You should never stay with them, and you should never go up against them because yeah, your you heart isn't like there. End that relationship. Yeah. Like their Open heart's up. black, and you're trying to go against them for what reason? Like move the hell on, get yeah. the hell out. Get out of there, yeah. <laughs> get out of there, like run, don't walk, yeah. run. Um, so, exactly. oh yeah. So how did I find out? So this is really interesting. So, <laughs> I was at my last, like on my last leg sort of thing. I was going on suicide. And then I, the only thing I think that kept me alive was my kids. But then I was still visiting suicide websites because I just felt like I didn't have a soul anymore. I just, I didn't have energy. 
I couldn't do anything. Um, I wasn't even working. I couldn't get off the couch. I mean, I was just, really? that's what, yeah, that, that's pretty much the state that you will eventually end up in. And so I heard the voice, which um, you guys know John DeSouza. Yeah. 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 So he has a book. It's called Clear Hearers. Yeah. I want to get that. I, yeah, I just read it. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I read his book, uh, Extra Dimensionals, and it was really good. Oh, okay. I want to get clear ears. Yeah. Well, I, I got his book at a workshop, and I finally figured out what the voice was. So it's your higher self kind of guiding you so you don't kill yourself or you don't do anything stupid. So I heard the voice say, um, personality disorder. And I'm like, huh? Personality disorder? And it, it, it said, yes, cluster B from your college years. And I was a psych major in school, but oh, really? everything that I, I'm a college dropout, but everything that I learned in college um, about narcissism, I never really got on a deep penetrating level. And so I was in it, which is yeah. why a lot of these women and men on the internet who counsel and offer sessions for people um, they don't, they're not licensed therapists, psychologists, mm-hmm. but they know narcissism. On a they have experience. Level. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nothing like hands on. Right. Yeah. I, so, I remember I'm the talking. only, the only thing I remember being taught about narcissism just from the little psychology classes that I've been in is like very surface level, not nothing like what you're saying, just yeah. like basically, or what narcissism means is like, Oh, it's um, it's just somebody who's very full of themselves. Yeah, and Which... it's very self-important. That's the way I took it. They're yeah. very full of themselves. They're very self-important. Yeah, I've never. So it's almost like it equates it with arrogance more than what you're saying. Yeah, and if you would meet this person, you would think that's what he was, like an arrogant asshole. Yeah. But but you would like him at the same time because he was funny and he threw like great parties. And he was a musician and he was a like creative and like he he actually could have been the most amazing person. And it's the same thing with this other guy, this HD tutor that I counseled with. He's mm. had people say that to him, oh, he's like a brilliant guy, but for whatever reason, they still choose to lie and manipulate and when they don't have to, but it's just how they're made. It's like they all play from the same rule book they all do you know what i mean and they can't do it can't be anything else they're just how they're made it's like yeah (laughs) and that's what it makes sense to me if they're like incarnated reptilians because that's they all are so they all act the same way because they're not able to be like us yeah they're not able to love like us it's like they just have to act that way to to survive exist yeah if I, if the listeners are are do, are like going through, so if the listeners are doing what I'm doing right now, I'm going through every person I've encountered in the past. That was like that. Well, yeah, and yeah, yeah. just certain things you're saying are making me think of different people, and it's just uh, it's I've never understood it on a level the way you're, the way you're uh, explaining it, and I've always known about it, but I just. I never connected the dots, I guess. Right. So I start. So I think actually what you're doing right now is going to help a lot of people 
even realize what they're if they're in the middle of this if they're stuck in it or they're gonna do what i'm doing like oh my god that makes so much sense why this person did that you know yeah yeah yeah, it's just sad because it he didn't even have to be much of a chameleon for me because he already was the things that i kind of looked for in a like he was we grew up in this very dysfunctional italian south philly sort of like neighborhood and families and he grew up very much like i did so but he was different than everyone else he was always reading he was always you know so i was really attracted to that from the beginning and then the whole music thing really what i found out is we're just attracted to what we know my dad was a musician i was listening oh yeah i was being put by my mother who didn't want to take care of me in a room with like a bunch of guys playing music on a floor when I was like one years old. So really, I grew up watching music. I literally, it's like in part of my soul, like I, and so of course I would be attracted to someone that's, you know, and I would do the same thing. It was like, I would, but that's the problem. When you show up as a five-year-old little girl, with that five-year-old little boy who's completely damaged beyond repair, you're not damaged beyond repair, but you're still showing up as a five-year-old because, you know, I would sit in the room and watch him play music for hours and that would have been fine if we were in a, you know, a reciprocal sort of relationship where, you know, but he was just taking my energy the whole time it was not there yeah. was no reciprocal and there was nothing going on other than take and yeah. um so yeah I, it was it was crazy so um you know and then when i found out what he was i still couldn't get out because my body was addicted to the cortisol that it was producing from the uh, highs and lows of the uh, relationship yeah so physically um addicted to him yeah so wow. it was You really do understand this on all levels, don't you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like the cortisol, Lord, I I mean, if someone would have tested me, it was probably like off the charts. And um, yeah, and so then you develop, uh, it's called complex post-traumatic stress disorder. So it's CPTSD. CPTSD, yeah. Yeah. And then um, I was going to do, have you ever heard of um, EMDR therapy? Mm -mm. No. It's what they, for people like soldiers that are in combat and stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, this guy wrote a book, Peter or something. Um, but it's, they do it with something with like, where they move, make you move your eyes back and forth. Um, but anyway, I never made it that far because once I did the theta healing, it helped me tremendously. And then I started doing EFT tapping. And I Uh-oh. did it while I was still in the relationship. So that was good because I didn't go into a complete shock. Like my body didn't go into shock from the lack of like the high and low. Yeah. (laughs) um, So I was doing all the rapid healing whenever I wasn't with him. And the, um, the EFT tapping really, I thought helped me a lot. And um, I was doing Reiki on myself and I was meditating. And then I started with the supplements because I was in adrenal failure because of the cortisol, too much cortisol. So I was like frozen, like my um, thyroid was just so screwed up and I was just 
like lethargic all the time. Like I was like a zombie. So I had to take all kinds of supplements and eat all kinds of foods that fix that. And then eventually I got better and then I wouldn't be able to be around them for like too long. Or I would try to do things where I would give him fuel so he would leave me alone knowing what was going on, but then trying to like stay in my own world where I didn't let him suck the life out of me. But that only lasts for so long because then they're going to come at you. Um, like by nature, I'm not a jealous person in any kind of a relationship. I never was. Mm -hmm. um, but we all have that in us to some degree. Mm -hmm. And so yeah. he, would, he would do his best to try to pull that out of me. Really? I didn't, you know, I never really got jealous. I was just sort of. So, you know. so what advice do you have to somebody who might be stuck in this relationship? Like, yeah, I know you're explaining like stuff that you did, but is there yes, any advice you can give somebody? See how I get on this uh, rant and I forget. So oh, anyway, nice. so after all that happened, I basically um, had like a spiritual awakening because the pain was so intense that um, all, even though I was doing all the healing like modalities and stuff, you have to, my advice is you also have to look at yourself and figure out what your damage is that made you get into a relationship with someone like that. So you have to figure it out. You have to find out. Usually it's abandonment. Um, yeah. Usually that's the one. That's, it's almost like you have to like, yeah, figure that out and then heal that part. Right. But you. your, your core wounds are the same as theirs. So supposedly they said like uh, a psychopath and a narcissistic psychopath are two completely different things because narcissists need people because they need to feed from them. Psychopaths really don't technically need to feed like that. Um, and they're born where they say narcissists are made, but I don't believe that. I believe it's both with narcissists. I believe they're born that way, mm -hmm. but they incarnate into families that will make them more damaged. Oh, yeah. Because they want to stay that way. They don't, I don't know. It's really, um, confusing but i have a feeling because his brothers and sisters weren't like that like he really? did have some family things but they were like not like that at all like they're not they're not psychopaths they're not not yeah. from what i can see so um so the common theme that i'm seeing from everybody we talk to people we have on stuff my own research is it, it all goes back to the inner work that we have to do on ourselves. Yes. It yes. has nothing to do with the exterior. Forget uh, about them. Yeah. It, it, yep. and, it, and it's funny because every scenario, every different situation, every problem really cores from yourself. And that's where the, you know. Mm -hmm. Yes. And there's, it's not bullshit because everyone, I'm starting to see this come from everybody. And it's worked for me on so many levels. So. Yeah. Absolutely. And, um, someone said to me, I was a little spiritual church I used to go to, um, this wonderful woman that was the 
like little pastor there. Her name was Reverend Margaret. Um, she said, she always, she said something about you do the work till you die. And I was a little bit surprised back then about that. And I'm like, well, what do you mean? Cause I looked at her as like this great spiritual, wonderful, you know, fully evolved being. And she's like, Oh no. She said, you do the work until you take your last breath. So there's always something to yeah. work on. You're never going to hit a point where you're like, all right, I'm done. Nope. <laughs> I've made it. Just like we're never done waking up. The same yeah. Time waking up. Yeah. 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 So I, I think that that's, the, you have to, um, first of all, you have to go no contact. Like oh. I don't even recommend doing what I did. I think that it depends on the individual. Most people, um, probably couldn't even do that because they would go back into negativity because they'd want to kill them. But I just, okay, I know what you are. And now I'm just going to stay focused on me. Um, it's really the best thing to do is just go total, no contact. And I mean, no contact, no like email. Cut, cut them out completely. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Them. In fact, my, he moved me in this apartment and right after that was the end. And for the, the real end and my bell, my doorbell is broken and I left it broken. It's still broken. Oh yeah. Yeah. Because I know one day he's gonna ring that bell when he's drunk and be outside at my door because that's another thing. They never go away completely. They always come back. Really? It's called hoovering. How about that? <laughs> They suck you into their dark world. So it's called the Hoover. Yeah, narc speak. Are you saying Hoover? <laughs> Hoover. Hoover. Hoover, like the vacuum cleaner. Oh, okay. Uh, and that is when they're out of your life completely, they'll like leave you a note, they'll show up at your job because they'll, they they'll try to they'll try to suck you back yeah, in. Yeah, because yeah. they think that you're their property until the day uh. you die. So your Hoover vacuum wow. is a narcissist. Yes. So basically, you know, they're yeah. going to come at you. The relationship for them never dies until you die or they die. There's no, there's no end. So for the, them, but you don't have to. You can, no, you can. Oh, yeah. I, I tore that soul contract up. Yeah. I was like, oh no, I'm done. They're going to keep trying, but you don't have to respond. You don't have to. Yeah. And in fact, I think I saw, you know, I saw him out in public. And um, I was talking to my cousin and we were in a bar and he went to high school with him and he hugged him. And when he was hugging my cousin, he reached over and put his hands on my, because I turned my back on him. He reached over and put his hands on my back and like held it, held them there. And I'm like, but I'm like, I said, you know what? I'm just going to walk away because if I react, that's what he wants me to do. Yeah. And then, I left right after that because it's like, it's not worth it. It's not worth being in the room because they will do whatever they have to do to get your attention. Yeah. No. So, yeah. And then he proceeded to tell my cousin, no, she's not your cousin. He's like, how do you know her? And he's like, oh, she's my cousin. No, she's not. <laughs> what? <laughs> what is that trying to gaslight him. Yeah. It's like, uh, yeah, she yeah. is. I'm uh, pretty sure she is. Yeah. So, um, but anyway, Oh, the, the one more thing I wanted to, to talk about, which I did in, in the live with Lauren, was um, one of the times that um, 
it was bad. Um, we, it was worse because when I was with him, I, I could always like drink with the best of them. I never had a problem with it. I never drank alone. I was never an alcoholic. Um, but when I was with him, we'd be drinking at like 11 o'clock in the morning. He brought out like the absolute worst in me and I'd be like drunk all day with him or, you know, drinking with him all day. And so it was like a snowstorm out. It was really bad snowstorm. And um, we were drinking and we were playing um, Scrabble or something. And he basically, without getting into the whole story, um, he threw, wanted me to leave. And he went up into the bathroom to shave. And I, I followed him upstairs to ask him, like, are you really going to like throw me it's like one o'clock in the morning and there's like three feet of snow on the ground like it was like the one snowstorm that we had in philly that was like you know it was like blinding snowstorm and um like, you're really gonna throw me out in this yeah yeah so then i was like you know what i at that point i didn't know what he was and i knew i didn't want to give him the satisfaction so i was trying to stay calm um mm -hmm. and i didn't know what to do and i called my friend and i said is there like any possible way that you think you can get it. I, I don't think I had it, the Uber app on my phone at that point. This was a while ago. She's like, yeah, yeah, I'll see if I can get you an Uber. So she's like, just stay calm and don't let them see you get upset. And let me see if I can get somebody out there. And I went into the bathroom and I said, so let me get this straight. So you're, you actually want me to leave like in this. And he was shaving and he turned around and looked at me and his eyes went completely black. So that's when you saw the eyes. Okay. Completely black. Like, wow. and um, the crazy thing about it was now looking back, like in hindsight, when that happened, I became paralyzed with fear, like where my legs were buckling. And well, yeah, it, it was the scariest I ever was in my life. I actually don't think it was from the eyes. I think that's whatever it was that came out in him, like the real him, um, caused this fear in me. Really? And, like so paralyzing. That's when I think I called my girlfriend. I think that's what happened. I couldn't move because I was just going to like rough it and go home in the snow. Mm -hmm. And and I don't know how the heck I was doing that, but sure. I I'm, I'm pretty tough. Like I'm a pretty tough girl. Um, I started to like where I grabbed onto the railing to try to get down the steps, but my legs just wouldn't work. And that's when I called my friend and I was like, you have to like help me. I can't walk. And so, I mean, yeah, it was frightening. After his eyes turned black, uh, what, what did he do? Did he just go so back? So then he was like, he he started to follow me around the house and um i can see like and and telepathically i understood that he wanted me to be sad but for some reason he was getting the emotion of fear and he didn't know why oh because he didn't know he didn't know his, his eyes, eyes turned black and then he saw exactly. that yeah right. So he was and like, he was, why are you suddenly yeah, so afraid? Like, yeah. why are you scared when you should be sad? And I saw him like trying to figure, figure out, out because he was like, um, he was like a mentalist for lack of a better, like they all are kind of. So it's oh, a, yeah. 
they can look at people and know what's going on, which makes them so skilled at what they do. Yeah, yeah. So he knew that something was going on and he couldn't figure out why he was getting. And then I just lost it. And the Uber driver came so fast, which was great. Yeah. Because I wanted out of there so bad. That's great. When I got to the door, I like, I ran down the front steps, but I like jumped. And then there was a pile of snow that was like, as tall, like almost as tall. And I literally jumped over this giant pile. Like I turned into Superwoman. I like jumped <laughs> over this pile of snow and like, and I was in front of the, the door <laughs> to the car. And I like, I jumped in and I sat in and I said to the Uber driver, I'm like, I'm going to cry now. <laughs> That's okay. Go yeah. right ahead. And I'm uh, like, go for it. Yeah. And I just cried the whole way home and then I was okay. But. It, I, I was so, so scared. Like I was so Wow. Scared. So what, what point in the relationship was that? Like what happened after that? That was definitely nearing the end. Um, okay. But I didn't, I can't say that I learned my lesson. I definitely was back in his company after that. And really? I couldn't figure out what the hell was wrong with me after seeing that that i could be around something like that because it was like the equivalent of finding like your husband is a serial killer and you're now going to die and you have to get out of the house yeah like that kind of fear (laughs) well it's probably the the addiction yeah yeah it was the physical addiction yeah makes you do Um, things that well i i did (laughs) stay away like i didn't call him go near him i wouldn't take his calls and then after about a week i think i finally relented and he called and said like are you gonna come to the comedy show with me or something what, like did, that. what did he say um so he knew you actually you were avoiding him probably right at that I, I think so i'm actually what? surprised he didn't try to get a hold of me sooner he kind of let some days go by did he ever figure out what happened or did you tell him or like I never no I never said anything and um I again I couldn't find anyone uh to um tell me what happened like I couldn't people that not people that I knew at that time nobody knew what the hell I was even talking about and then I read all these stories now you know with the internet and YouTube and and um I just hear so many of them of people's eyes turning black. In fact, um, I listened to one where this guy had said that it was his, it was his wife's niece. She was about three or four years old. And he said she was like a little psychopath. Like he said, she would like hurt the animals, like the dog and the kitten and stuff. And she would hurt the other kids like in the family. And um, at one point her, her grandmother had picked her up. And she wrapped her arms around the grandmother and she looked at him and he said, her eyes just literally flipped the sweat. He said, they went totally black, scared mm-hmm. the living life out of him. He said it was scared shitless. Like, Wow. Yeah. So I'm like, okay. So that's, I seemed, that's like demonic stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's I know. Like, and this that's little like, the reptilian thing. Four-year-old. Yeah. But he said, he's like, he knew that that kid like wasn't right. And she would do like really nasty things mm-hmm. um yeah so i i and i've heard a lot of other stories like that crazy yeah so I mean, i've heard like, like i've heard like demonic possession stories 
I think I have heard that that where the eyes would go black. I think mm-hmm. I actually with with demonic possession. Sometimes. Right. So to me, yeah, I think. Um, I don't know if that's connected to the reptilian thing, but maybe maybe if he was a reptilian soul, maybe that allowed you know, just the nature of that allowed yeah. another like demonic entity or negative entity to possess or to be attached to him. And right. maybe that comes through sometimes and, and something like that happens. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, well, that's I, don't my know. Theory. I know I know there's a I've I've watched uh stuff on the black eyed children. I have yeah. heard the black eyed children story. Yeah, but that was always more related to an E. T. aspect. Yeah. yeah. Even Ancient Aliens did an episode on on it. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if this is something entirely different from that. Uh, or, yeah. or Well, I think it is only because I think their eyes are just black all the time. Yeah. Okay. Um, but the, the, the similar aspect is they do seem to fill people with dread and fear, which is kind of what happened to me when his eyes turned black. I did feel like um, unnatural fear. Like I felt like I shouldn't have been that scared. But I always thought it was because of the eyes, but now I don't think so anymore. Well, it's it's probably an energy that he projected. It's an energy. Yeah. Exactly. But I mean, we are are on autopilot. We're going to freak out when somebody's eyes turn black because we don't see that. You know, that's not normal in our our reality. We're going to have a visceral reaction to that. Yes. To the eyes anyway. But but it it could be, like, like you said, you felt like it was more than that um so yeah but i see all these people like i think even david wilcock said that he found patterns when he was young of getting into relationships with these crazy toxic women yeah i remember him talking about that and he was just like what the hell like and then he did the what you're supposed to do you kind of look at yourself and you go all right what do i need to change in me that i'm attracting these people into my life yeah and so that's what he kind of did. He like did work on himself and, you know, stuff like that. But um, he also talks about having that like, sort of that like toxic passivity, like where you're, you're just so nice and you just forgive everything all the time and you don't defend yourself and you can't be like that either. You have to defend yourself. Yeah. yeah. And, and I know people yeah. that are like that. They Yeah they're in toxic relationships and they're so nice that they they accept the abuse mm-hmm. because they don't want to hurt the other person it's yep. it's fucked up really it is yeah yep it you're is. basically giving all your power away to that other person there were just certain things i think with yeah. with my relationship where i just wouldn't accept like he knew that i considered myself to be like of higher than normal intelligence like you know yeah and he was right see see they do know you're a little crazy and i should have never thought of myself in that way because what the hell it's not you know and what is being an intellectual anyway you have to have emotional intelligence you have to be well-rounded you have to you know there's so many other aspects to intelligence that have nothing to do with intellectual oh yeah and um absolutely he would always say you're stupid really he would would love to say you're stupid and i would never agree with them i would go nope nope no i'm not no matter what 
he would try his best to make me say those words and I just, I would not. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Good. Yeah. So, but, um, so yeah, I, I think that, um, it was my best worst relationship because I had my full spiritual awakening when I, um, had this relationship and I healed from it. I really saw the world for how it is, not how I, I didn't live in that cognitive dissonance state anymore. And I, once I woke up to myself and saw what I was capable of as a human being and, um, you know, had to heal the darker aspects of myself, I saw the whole world like what, like this is what's really happening and I can't stay in my bubble. And so, and I see so many people like that, that will not, will not look at themselves. They will, nope, they just won't. And they're the same people that are those rigid skeptics. They don't want to hear anything. You yeah. Can give them like as much research as you want. And they're just like, nope, nope. Stay in my bubble. And that was me. Like I was one of those people. My son, um, my oldest was definitely into, he's, he's for sure like an indigo and a, he went down the Christianity path though and kind of stayed. That was I, me. I told him he's going to be stuck there if he didn't get out, but yeah, he doesn't really listen. <laughs> You're going to be stuck there until you start questioning yeah. your own beliefs, yeah. basically. Yeah. yeah. Until you until you open up to the the possibility of there being more to reality and, yeah. and you being wrong and things that you were taught might be wrong, which had to happen. It just hit me one day. I was like, how do I even know? <laughs> I believe it's true. Well, I sent him to Catholic school and he like did not resonate with that at all. And he'd be telling these people like, you know, he, he, they would be trying to teach him some religion. He'd be right back at them. And I was so like proud of him because he, he always seemed to be like older than me. And my friend, um, Joe, who I met at John DeSosa's uh, workshop, he douses for me and stuff. And he said oh, that yeah. like, he's like a 10th dimensional being. And he's the, he told me all the stuff about him. And I'm like, that really makes a lot of sense. Cause I always felt like I was a younger soul than him. And he, he did say that I was like, an angelic um and i was from arcturus and andromeda and sirius b they're the places that i incarnated but really? he said but well, you're still an angelic and you were some kind of keeper of information i was like that's interesting because when i did the um alchemy session with siobhan it kind of said the same thing it said that like at one incarnation people would come to me for like not like advice like uh, like I would but it wasn't like a a knowledge like um a thing where it was like hidden or anything like that but people would come and ask me like for advice I guess or it, yeah really? it was yeah and 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 what the the being was saying to me is that now I'm so like I judge everyone and everything and I'm, but I'm such a perfectionist with myself and I beat myself up. And, and I was like, wow. And then when I listened, I was like, everything that he said is true. You're so harsh and judgmental. You, like, you really need to like lay back a little bit. And he said something like, if you only knew like where you've came, come from and like who you were, 
then you would be okay now, you know, yeah. you wouldn't struggle so much with everything that's happening, mm. you know, in the world now, if you would just remember who you are. Well, and, that, that, that's advice for the entire planet. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. we can't go anywhere until we know where we truly came from. You know? Yeah. Which but he was like describing. Really yeah. yeah. And, um, I, I think that, um, so anyway, getting back to my son, yeah, he just, he went down the Christian path and that's okay because I let him be who he is and it's all perfect and it's okay and I'm not gonna, you know, but he was talking about this stuff with the cabal in like, the, oh. like literally in the 90s. Oh, really? Yeah. he's. Wow. I had him when I was 18 and I'm old, but okay. <laughs> so he's, you know, he's in his 30s and he um, was really... Uh, knowledgeable about it he loved bill cooper um, oh yeah bill cooper's awesome he really just yeah. loved bill cooper and would listen to his lectures all the time and he just said to me one day about the about the pedophilia and the satanic stuff and i remember i was like what yeah like, I, I just what? was not taking it in i don't think i was ever really fully asleep and so I accepted probably like 80% of what he was saying. Mm -hmm. But when it came to that, it was like, I just couldn't. And now it's like, you can't get me to shut up about that. stuff. <laughs> yeah. You know? Because now I'm just like, this is bullshit. Like, yeah. Well, that's, yeah. Yeah. You were at that time. You're like, no, that's, that's too crazy. That's too yeah. dark. There's yeah, no because way. I couldn't look at myself. Why would I be able to see something so dark? You know, I couldn't see darkness in myself. Mm -hmm. Things that I had to heal. Not that I'm a dark person, but we all are capable of, you know, and we all do fucked up shit. Let's face it. And we all need to look at ourselves unflinchingly and heal that shit or we're never going to move on and we're never going to evolve. And that's really all we're here to do. I mean, mm -hmm. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking, yeah. Tell us. <laughs> Preach. We're just, we're just we're just playing the game, you know? Yeah. We're just that's it. That's we're playing the evolve game. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. <laughs> so and what you didn't even real what it's funny how we shy away from that information about what's happening with the pedophilia and all that satanic ritual abuse and human trafficking. And then when you finally dive into it, you're like, oh, my God, that's like the entire existence. Like, this is happening on a massive scale everywhere. It's yes. so funny. It's like we reject yeah. it like it doesn't exist. But then when you go into it, it's like the only thing that you that exists. Yeah. Yep. That and people going missing in national parks, which I asked Ben and Rob to do yeah. an episode on that. And they gave me a shout out and did an episode. Nice. Um, but the number's just astronomical. Um, oh, yeah. It's insane. And it's the same with the kids that go missing. Kids. Like, the average yeah. person doesn't know how many kids go missing in a year. They have no well, idea. It doesn't really get reported. It doesn't no. get any media coverage. No, it doesn't. Uh, actually, you might enjoy it. I don't know if my City Museum video I just posted, I don't know if you were able to check it out yet. It's really good. I, I saw it in work today and I was like, oh, as soon as like it gets quiet in here, I'm going to like sit and watch it. But then it got crazy. 
Uh, it just ex explores that avenue of people, children going missing. Really? Yeah. Oh, and nice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, it doesn't surprise me that they do the same thing with the national parks, that they don't report the number. And I don't even know um, if I can honestly sit here and say that that aspect of the missing is cabal related. I'm not sure that it that it all is. I think I don't they, think it all is, but I think a big chunk of it. Yeah, the national big, parks. Big it's really it's it's like they just like go. I don't know if they're using like technology just to test on us because people just. Like they're there one second and then the person that's with them will turn their back and they're literally turn around and they're gone. Well, here's what, here's what I think happens. So we know from Corey Good and a couple other people, even Emery Smith, he talked about this when he was on Cosmic Disclosure about they, these national parks are put, are labeled national parks because they're over some type of an energy vortex, yes. some type right. of a portal. So they, these people might actually be entering a portal and just yes. you know, literally just I end up somewhere else end up right. somewhere else no i i yeah. thought of that as well um in the, in the national park they can anyway. hear the um sometimes they can hear their loved ones calling to them but they don't see them they can just hear their voice hmm. um yeah. and then sometimes when people are found they'll be like but i was calling you didn't you hear me? And they were right there the whole time. They're just like, almost like they're in a different, like, I don't know, dimension. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's like yeah, uh, I mean, stranger, I stranger, th stranger Things, if you've ever watched that show. Yeah. Where Will, like, Will gets taken you, into like an alternate dimension, but he can still. See my shirt? Hear, <laughs> no, no way. Well, yeah, that's how that's how I, I love it. I love I that. Did show. not even know you were in the show. Poor Will, Will, <laughs> oh, yeah. like he, he had a he had a good year this year. I don't know if you guys watched the third. I, I did. I did. It was. But finally, he got yeah. a better. He finally he finally yeah. had a good season. Like um, yeah. I think there were even memes out that said like uh, Will Byers has a good day today or something like that. It was yeah. like. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> you were just like oh this poor nice. kid but yeah it's you know, what's interesting about the dimension thing is like that's that's like how a sasquatch lives its entire life <laughs> like they're, yeah. they're, yeah. they're in another dimension all the time just but they're still here they're like but they're able to like pop in and into ours and then pop back yeah. out so is it like i i thought that um maybe it was david Pilates or maybe george nori i forget but they said that like they go from the fourth to the third, like back and forth constantly. Yeah. And that's why they sort of like elude us. Because yeah, that's, that's why no one's ever caught one or right. like you'll see it, but then you'll go to try to like chase after yeah. and then it's nowhere. I was listening to um, James Gilliland's story about the Bigfoot that he saw. It was a female and he saw it and then she just kind of faded out. Like he's, they, they saw each other yeah and they had eye contact but then she just kind of faded yeah, james, off james was james says that if you try to go finding a bigfoot you'll never ever find it but if they want to find you or they want to interact with you then they'll interact with you or wow. let themselves be seen but you yeah. never find one by like trying because they, they'll pick up on that and they don't want 
you know, if they don't want to be seen, they won't be seen, basically. Right. So. Yeah, wow. they, they sent you coming from miles away. Miles away, yeah. And they know your intention. And they know your intentions and stuff, so. And sometimes they make themselves scenes because they, seen because they don't want you around. You know, they, they scare you off. Yeah. Oh, seriously. Right. Oh, yeah. Throw, oh, yeah. throw a boulder at you or two. Yeah. yeah. I, oh, I, had a, I had a. I had a. I had a rock. Throw it at <laughs> Yeah, I heard that like they they will pick up like the biggest rock and like throw, if they want you to like go away, oh, they yeah. won't like come and attack you, but they'll throw stuff like we'll or and break trees and scare you off. Yeah, yeah this was off. a little pebble toss. Uh, it happened to me at East Eddy. Uh, really? I was having like uh, experiences every day with Sasquatch. Uh, I'd never seen one, but mm -hmm. it was just be very apparent. You heard it in your tent. I, well, at first, first I heard it. I woke up at five in the morning to a, it was like a deep vocalization. It, it wasn't every hair on my body stood up, my hair on my head stood up, and it stayed like that. And it was like I was like an electric, like a current was running through me, and it was such a deep. It wasn't an animal snoot. It was a voc. It was like from a vocal box, you know. Wow. And, so going to bed that night, I, uh, uh, my girlfriend and I, we were laying in the tent. I don't know. It was like one in the morning, maybe. And right outside the tent, we heard whack, whack. I mean, like tree knocks, like on a tree. And I, we both jumped up and scared the crap out of us. Oh, my God. We heard, we heard footsteps. We heard three, like, heavy footsteps yeah. and then, like, a... And then it was a silence after that. Wow. And they phased out probably right there. Yeah, and the yeah. next yeah, and the next morning I went out to the medicine wheel next to the Sasquatch uh stone and did a meditation asking for confirmation is this Sasquatch I'm hearing? Right. So I, after that I walked to the car, picked plug my cell phone in or something. Like we had to park way away from the tents. And there's a gravel road with like wood, a wood line. And I was walking back from the car. And while I was walking back, a pebble hit me in the thigh from the tree line. Oh my God. Yeah. And there's, no, there's no one over there. And there's no, no one there. No one was around. Died. And yeah. I, just, I just knew. That's so funny. And then I set some stuff up outside the tent, like some crystals, and I made them like a little gift and all the stuff. And in a specific way and when i came back hours later to check it was like it was rearranged yeah Just, oh yeah. yeah i think i saw like pictures of that that they um they were showing like how they rearranged stuff and um if you, they like they apples peanut too. butter and banana peanut butter they like apples yeah. wow uh there there was one this wasn't at east city but this was uh maybe a couple weeks ago or so i saw somebody on facebook I guess where they live, they like set an apple out and then they came back and there was a bite out of the apple. And, oh, yeah. <laughs> and oh, they're wait, like, was it Tracy? It might have been. It might yeah, have been. yeah, it I saw that too. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, that's interesting. Yeah. That yeah. Was, and I've also think, heard where like you'll leave an apple out and then the apple will be gone. Yeah, but like I think she like asked for a sign or something was, and like left the apple. She asked for a sign, so they just day. took like one bite out of it. And they took a bite, yeah. And it. Yeah. It. yeah. <laughs> oh, so yeah. so um, Alicia made a video, or her last, her most recent video, 
she used like a 20 minute something video, but at the seven minute and 30 second mark, I'm 100% convinced there's a Sasquatch call. Really? It, it's undeniably. Is that the last one that, I wonder if that's the one that I listened to. Um, it could be, so she's walking around the woods. And uh, the kids are like around her. Her son is, yeah. Her son, yeah. So what happened was that she didn't even hear that vocalization because right after that, there was a dog bark and her son got scared. So she cut the video and the video cuts right there. But listening back, like, cause she was wondering why he, what he, what scared him. Cause she thought it was just a dog. Mm -hmm. But listening back to it, it wasn't just a dog. There was a, a, something else. And then the dog barking in response to that. In response to that. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. And uh, it, it, I listened to it a hundred times. I was, you know, turning it up, trying to evaluate it, and I, I'm convinced. And then she's been having all kinds of her own experiences out there. So, I, th I, I think uh, something's going on. I miss living close to nature. <laughs> like I kind of like like living back in Philly again and reconnected with a lot of people because I was in Jersey for 18 years. But where I was living before, there was at least some like grass and trees and mm -hmm. you know. Um, I think the one property I was on was about three acres and stuff like that. But I really miss it because, you know, I have to, I mean, I can walk to some parks and stuff that are here, but sure, yeah, it's tough. Um, I definitely want to live out in nature more. <laughs> yeah. I mean, eventually, I think when the kids get older and they're not in school and I don't have to worry about that, I will probably move where to just be like back in nature yes I it's miss crucial it. it's crucial for us to spend it time is. In nature. like yeah. we crave it so bad like it's like who we are by the way i think like i what i realized with all of us like and how we're we are all like interconnected with each other um without like going into everyone's name um we i think we're all like in the same soul group i think that's the conclusion that mm -hmm. came to but like we all yeah that makes sense we knew each other incarnated and we're in you know from some other dimensions and just like you know sue mcclure and just like yeah. i i just feel like there's just this at that i get a very powerful feeling that that and i'm starting to i don't know if this has ever happened to you guys i i got like a vision when i was just like I wasn't sleeping. I wasn't meditating. I wasn't like even calm or quiet. I think I was like in work of, I was on a boat after the flood, like the great flood. And I was on my way to Egypt and I had survived the flood. Really? And I saw the water and it was like this beautiful blue water. And I remember thinking, Oh, I'm going to survive. And then a month went by and I had another vision of, uh, I was putting people's DNA into a glass bottle with every bottle had a symbol on it and it was the people's names and I was dropping the DNA into the bottles and I don't know where I was at that point, maybe Egypt, I'm not sure, but um, I just remember thinking, wow, those symbols are, is someone's name. Yeah. And when I did the alchemy yeah. session with Siobhan, I, 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 I feel so weird saying this because I feel like, oh, 
like people think that I'm going to be full of shit, but I had a blue avian experience and really his name was like, I couldn't say his name because I was getting it back to me as symbols. Really? I had a really hard time. I think we did come up with some name, but it was really hard for me to yeah. actually, yeah, it was yeah. tough. <laughs> during during one of my Reiki sessions, so the healer I see, she also you know does like a psychic reading and channels messages at the same time, and um, she got a, uh, a she got given a symbol to give to me, and they told her this is how I would write my name where I come from. And really, this is and she wrote it down, and she said it's very specific. It has to be this number. And she was like looking ahead and drew it out for me. So I'm familiar with what you're talking about as far as yeah. that goes. So cool. That's I love awesome. to hear that kind of stuff because then it like validates the stuff mm -hmm. that I had happened to me. Yeah. So, but I'm like, oh God, what was I one of the people that like made babies in Petri dishes or something? Why was I putting DNA into bottles? Yeah. I thought that was so weird. But then I'm like, well, was it really me or was it just the memory that I had of someone else doing it? But I thought that it was my hand putting the DNA into the bottles. But interesting. Yeah, but again, I was like in work and like fully awake and not even sitting down walking. And I just had this very quick flash vision. Really? Thought, That's really odd. That wasn't even in like in a dream. But yet I can't remember my dreams, but I'm having like daydreams of stuff. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Speaking of that, so you said you had experiences as a child with ETs, I guess. Have you? Did, I'm sure, what they were. Yeah, probably ETs, interdimensionals. Um, do you still have experiences? Not that I know. Not that you recall. Not that just I can curious. recall. Um, yeah. But I'm like the queen of not remembering anything. <laughs> like I'll remember it has I, to do with narcissism then you yeah, know. like yeah. I, had, I had nicknames for these beings because I couldn't say their names yeah so when I was little I would call them like whatever I felt like you know whatever and I think one of them was like skinny witch and the other one was skinny like witch. Lucy because I love Lucille Ball or something my mom was so that's why my mom was like oh it's definitely imaginary my dad was like he's he would say it to me like all the time he's like ain't no way whatever you were talking to was was imaginary he's like there's no yeah. way yeah well cool you know, at least you he... tell by like the voice inflections and stuff and yeah you need to you really need to see barbara lamb i don't know if you're familiar with her yeah, yeah. she's awesome she Does she regress people yeah. yeah i've seen her she regresses abductees oh, okay for people who've had experiences like right. you're talking about and you She'll take you back into if you were a child. She'll take you back into that moment and put you back there, and you actually see stuff that you couldn't see at the time, and you have recall. Right. And it's really That's great. I would love that. Like Corey parents didn't that... see her like in a week or two, right? Oh yeah, nice. yeah. I gotta I gotta reconnect with her because. Corey said that like there's a, a such a low percentage of people that actually do remember. Yeah. So it's like totally normal that I don't remember. Um, yeah. He was obviously one of the ones that did. But uh, a lot of people don't know this. In fact, I've had people tell me that, that they don't remember him saying this. But I did see one interview with him where he said 
he remembers being little and being taken to like a ship and the woman was putting different planets in front of him and going, what do you think about this planet? What do you think about? And then when he got to the ones that resonated with him, it, then she knew, okay, well, tell me about this. Yeah, I've, like, I've heard that. Yeah. Yeah. And he was in a room with a bunch of other little kids that they were doing the same thing to. When he said that story, I got like triggery. Really? I got like chills and I got very triggery. And I, and I think that it had something to do with when I was telling you about when we had the shore house in Atlantic city and I used to go into the alleyway and they would come. And so I'm like, but I don't, I don't remember. So that's where um, I'm at. <laughs> hey, maybe, maybe you will. Aaron, what time are we at? Do we, do we? Yeah, we, we were really. We're, we're about an hour and 45 minutes. Are yeah. we really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. This up. Yes. Sorry. But before we wrap it up. Go for a new record. One last question. Yes. Epstein, alive or dead? Dead. Dead? See, okay. I think alive, but either at a secret, some somewhere on the planet that's, you know, uh, out of the public eye or off planet, possibly. If he is alive, I agree with you. Um, but... Or he um, said, "I'm open to the. I'm open to any of that." The one thing I do know is he would. He did not commit suicide. He definitely didn't um, commit suicide. It's who killed him is. The yeah. Thing. Yeah. If yeah, I think at, at this point, I I don't even want to give. Uh, uh, I don't even want to speculate because it could be either way. Yeah. I know. But it, but, but isn't it the not if he was killed, I don't think the alliance, the good guys, the white hats would have let that happen if they if it didn't matter anymore you know if they got right. it needed and they're like all right, would, fine, right. Go, go for it you know <laughs> because my, it just doesn't make any sense that that they my ego was so angry when he died because i automatically got triggered into thinking that like now this means we're not going to be able to take down all the other people no that's not this yeah i didn't have that feeling at all which i got so weird and then i wasn't able to use my empath meter to to tell me if he was alive or dead because i got my ego clouded me up so triggered i got so triggered that i was just the seething ball of anger because i i i have this thing with hillary clinton hmm. like yeah it's so bad that I had a dream that she tried to kill me oh really that, yes like i i and i have i know it's an issue that i need to deal with because i when i see her i literally my head comes off my shoulders oh wow so yeah i need to work on that all right well we're gonna go ahead and wrap this up thank you so much for coming on i know exactly what to look for now when I'm looking for a narcissist, thank you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, seriously, uh, like it's so huge. Now you can you can spot. You'll you'll be you'll be like, oh my goodness, Stephanie said something about this. You know what I mean? And then you'll yeah. be thinking about it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Totally. Sure. No, I think I think a lot of people are going to resonate with this, uh, with that especially because people are in that situation. So. Well, the percentage I mean, is much higher than the the. Um, DSM tells us is in the world like of, of those oh, kinds yeah. of people. It's much higher, you know, than I'm, what do they say? It's like 3% or something ridiculous. Like that. Like that, yeah. Yeah. It's way more than that. Yeah. So, 
But it's not yeah. crazy high, but it's definitely higher than what they tell you. So yeah, anyway, yeah. I don't want to talk anymore. Um, I gotta give Sue a shout out. Sue McClure, I love you. <laughs> we love you too, Sue. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I, was, I was just hanging out with her a few days ago. So oh, nice. I should tell you, she's awesome. Yeah. So, yeah, she is uh, awesome. And you're not going to DOD, Tyler? No, unfortunately. I was not, but I, I am. Aaron. Oh, awesome. Yeah. I'll be there in spirit. Don't worry. I was worry. just going to say, you'll be there in spirit. All right, guys. Yeah, totally. Thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate it. Thank Absolutely. Thank you so much. I'm so grateful. Absolutely. Uh, don't forget, uh, we never even tell people this, Aaron, but we are available on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud. Oh, yeah. Not just YouTube, but we have you know the Facebook page, obviously. So uh, don't forget about the other platforms, and please like and subscribe if you enjoy this. Uh, thanks again, Stephanie, and have a good night. You too. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.